Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties 2. This episode features one of the three guests on my hour-long NPR show, heard every Sunday on WLIW-FM 88.3, the only NPR station on Long Island, where it has broadcast continuously for 14 years. I'm Tracy Hotchner. I wrote the Dog Bible, Everything Your Dog Wants You to Know, as well as the Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know, because I care about people who care about cats, dogs, and other creatures who share our planet. I'm also the founder and director of the New York Dog Film Festival and the New York Cat Film Festival, which travel America and Canada supporting local animal welfare groups. I could not bring you this show without the support of Dr. Elsie's, the privately owned litter and cat food company founded by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian who's created a variety of litters to please any cat, as well as inventing clean protein cat foods based on the protein found in cats' natural prey. This show is also made possible with the generous sponsorship of Waruva, the family-owned foreman pet food company named after their rescued kitties, Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa, where all their recipes in cans and pouches are human edible because they're made in a human food facility. Good enough for you to eat, but your cats won't appreciate that. I am so happy to meet a woman I have admired from afar. Her website, Your Natural Dog, is a woman-created, woman-driven, entrepreneurial enterprise. And, you know, I just love that. But the things that Angela Ardelina is, is doing with Dr. Ruth Roberts are absolutely unique and fascinating. And Angie, welcome to the show. And congratulations on having really been and continuing to be a pioneer in holistic medicine, holistic food, just thinking way outside the box, way outside even the integrative box, and really looking at Chinese medicine and Chinese food therapy and adaptogen therapy, which I know you're going to explain for us, as being something regular people. You don't have to have some kind of mystical connection to to some spiritual wor- world. What you're doing <laughs> is also, well, I mean, you know, we think about mushrooms and kind of like magic Chinese herbs and stuff. And I always think, oh boy, I'm too literal, too Western. Am I ever going to understand this? It's only worked for a few thousand years for the Chinese, right? So maybe right? maybe there's something there. But your big specialty, as I understand it, is mushrooms and seeing the healing um, and, and cleansing and beneficial power of mushrooms where it relates to dogs. And I'm just curious, how did that become your kind of passion point in terms of animal wellness? Well, thank you so much for the great introduction and for having me. I'm a big fan of yours and I've been listening to you forever. So I'm so honored to be finally on your show. It's very exciting. Um, And it's everything that you say is exactly how I was. I, um, I, I realized with my own health journey, like how I was taking chemicals and bad food and things out of my, you know, life. Right. I didn't even think about my pet. And what sent me on this journey is I lost my first, you know, beloved dog at age seven after $15,000 trying to figure out what was wrong. I went in because she was uh, throwing up and had diarrhea And she was gone within a year. And I got an autopsy, and the only thing they found was irritable bowel. And I lived across the street from this brand-new state-of-the-art veterinary office. So 
I literally was there for everything. She was my first dog. I was going to do this right. Yes. Well, after that happened to me, I went down a black hole of trying to figure out where I went wrong and realized that I over vaccinated her. I over I, you know, gave her the toxic flea and tick meds every single month. I was feeding her a kibble diet that was just filled with carbohydrates and really didn't have any real food or protein in it. Um, I did everything that that we're taught is supposed to help our pets That's right. when in reality it's the opposite. And when I think the biggest eye opener was to realize that a conventional veterinarian, which is one, you know, comes out of school, opens a practice or works at a practice and only practices conventional medicine, they have no idea about nutrition. They have no idea about the endocannabinoid system, which is the master system in all mammals' bodies, which controls all of the other systems. Um, so how are they supposed to help you with diet or a dog that is throwing up or have diarrhea when the only tool they have is to write a prescription or give you a prescription dog food, which is not based on science and is literal crap? Well, so let's just let's just back up back up there for a moment. Um, the the veterinary diets are not crap, but they have ingredients in them that we who are kind of foodies and food ingredient snobs say it's got what in it, and that's all it's got right, in it. Right. But there is science. So I know you have a lot. You ha you have your own podcast, your natural dog podcast, and you have people on yep. who are. Um, Let's just, I would say on the other side of the aisle, they use a lot of really negative words and really negative thinking about pet food companies, about conventional vets, about traditional um, products. And I don't think we need to do that in order to understand that there is a definitely... Oh, yeah, no, I'm just telling you, I'm telling you how I got to where I was. So where I went from, you know, thinking that that's how I should do everything to you know, going the opposite and realizing that every pharmaceutical drug that's out there is based on something found in nature. I mean, penicillin comes from a mushroom. So things like that, like realizing that there are alternatives, that you do have choices. Like when you, when your, your dog's diagnosed with cancer, usually you're given, you know, radiation, chemotherapy and amputation, and you don't even know about the other alternatives or choices that are out there for our pets. So that's what that's what sent me down this, you know, research and look into everything on what I could do different to support my next dog. But she, did, but next, she didn't, uh, but that dog didn't have cancer, right? No, no, no. She didn't have cancer. I don't know what she had. I never, right. I never and I've, and I've had a couple of friends recently whose dogs became incredibly ill with a variety of symptoms that could have been, you know, a number of things. And they went to the specialty hospitals and their dogs died within some amount of time and they didn't get a diagnosis. So I just would like to say that med medicine can only go so far, clinical medicine, right. in understanding and in treating and particularly in diagnosing that doesn't mean that it's inadequate it just means that's as much as humans thinking that way have figured out i think that exactly. that what you what you've created in your natural dog and the reason i interrupted you in talking about your path was not to be rude 
But if I have a guest who says veterinary diets are full of crap and not based on science, I have to interrupt and say, well, that can be your opinion. It's not my opinion. My opinion is that the ingredients are not ones that we feel comfortable feeding long term, and they are based on science. But in the end, you still have to go back to something more natural, more preventive, more uh, palliative in terms of a lifetime of health. And I think that's really what you've created. And you have an integrative vet. And integrative, to me, is a really important point because it integrates Western and Eastern medicine. It doesn't reject Western medicine as being inadequate or toxic. Yeah, more than anything, Tracy, they have gone out and have continued their education. Exactly. So they learned more about diet and nutrition, and they learned about Chinese herbs, and they learned about acupuncture or chiropractic or whatever, homeopathy, whatever it is, but they continued to educate and learn, which is, I don't know about you, that's what I would prefer for my vet. I'd prefer it for everybody. I'd prefer it for dog owners. I'd prefer it for, hey, human parents who don't seem to be paying the closest attention to what they're putting in the environment and in the mouths of their little children. I mean, it's a separate issue, but it's all one society. And our American society is very chemical-based and very fast foodie in a lot of ways. And I, I do think that pet owners are sort of the first line of defense of saying, hey, wait a minute, maybe not. Now, when you talk about further education, you got further ed- education. You are certified in mushrooms. Now, I know that's not the proper word, but for those of us that are new to this concept, as I am, you have learned about the properties of mushrooms. Now, I know a few human people who collect mushrooms and do things with mushrooms for human nutrition and health. And I, I always think that's you know, kind of like a witch's brew because I don't know where they learn that. But in the veterinary <laughs> field and in the Chinese field, it's very central, isn't it? Mushrooms are hugely Absolutely. important. Can you talk about how you wound up being such a mushroom specialist? Well, I um, I actually, what happened was between, you know, losing my dog, Lucy, and myself getting a diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis, I wanted Ooh. to find all natural um, alternatives to what was being offered to me. Like the one drug that I was offered has already been linked to lymphoma. Oh, so it's horrible. I was like, okay, it's rheumatoid I arthritis. Something yeah. Terrible. So I tried um, cannabis and it not only got rid of all my joint pain, but my stress and anxiety levels went down. And that's what sent me on finding everything out about cannabis. What I'm, what I know about is something called adaptogens. Okay. So adaptogens are plants and mushrooms that when we take them or our pets take them, they literally get in our body and adapt to what they need. So if uh, my cortisol levels uh, are elevated and I need to bring them down, they'll do that. If I need to um, elevate them for some reason because they're not, it'll do that. Same thing with anything from inflammation to um, responding to anything, a stress event, it will help either way. So these things sound magical. And because they do this and work so well, if you put more than one together, they get even more synergistic. Mm -hmm. So 
combining like a hemp with a medicinal mushroom and a Chinese herb, like literally you can do, it is just as potent as a pharmaceutical drug. The, the difference is, is that there's no side effects. And because it's all natural, it's not taxing on the liver or the kidneys. They don't, they don't have to process it and figure out what to do it, with it. And because they're all natural, there is no overdose or toxicity or harm that can happen because it's an all-natural product. Well, that's, so for, that's for humans. We just want to make clear that cannabis, you know, commonly known as marijuana, uh, is something not to give to dogs ever. You, they can overdose. They can die from it. They have to have... They the, cannot die from it. They cannot. You cannot die. Nobody, no animal or human has ever died from consuming too much THC or cannabis, hemp, marijuana, of any yet. There's no reports. There's so, actually, I'd love to tell you about this, there's actually a research study that was done in 1973 called the Rosencrantz study, which wanted to find out how much THC it would take to kill a person. So, of course, unfortunately, like all scientific studies done for humans, they do it on animals. Sure. And they did it on rats, beagles, and chimpanzees. They gave them 9,000 milligrams of THC, and no animals died. They had um, two rats that died because they were passed out, uh, threw up, and choked on vomit and died. No beagles died. And the chimpanzees actually within, I want to say it was a couple months of them doing it, literally metabolized the THC and got, got to the point where they weren't even high anymore. So they How interesting. So you think that the that. ASPCA poison control and other places that warn against dogs eating marijuana edibles or gummies or anything that has lots of THC for people who choose to take it in, you're saying in, in your knowledge, your your history in the I field? I remember. I went to the University of Vermont School of Medicine, right? and I have, um, I am, have a certificate from them in the study of cannabis for its therapeutic uses in biology, and it will not. What will kill a dog or hurt or harm a dog is the other ingredients in wow. those edibles or gummies. So, for instance, when I went out to find hemp products for my pets, when I learned all about it, all I could find were human products that they just changed the label and put a paw print on it. <laughs> so it literally would have xylitol in it, Ooh, that's which bad. is deadly to dogs. Yeah. So I would be at conventions yelling at people going, you can't give this to pets. You need to immediately take this, you know, whatever kind of thing. Or, you know, in the gummies. So I'm not saying that a cannabis product cannot hurt your pet if that product has other things in it. But if you have flour, cannabis flour, and the dog eats it, it will not. It will not. A pure product. I didn't even know there was cannabis cannabis. Who, who knew there was cannabis flour? Oh, my God. In other words, if you want to make well, a pot brownie, cannabis, I'm from the 60s. Exactly. Remember cannabis? Yeah. So remember, cannabis is the, the plant, and it is either a marijuana plant or a hemp plant. Right. So if the plant has more THC in it, it therefore has less CBD right. and is considered marijuana. If it has more CBD, it therefore has less THC and is considered by is considered hemp. And the United States gave those definitions out, and they're wrong and confusing. That's why it's so confusing. And um, what's legal in all 50 states is the 0.03% THC, which is what a full-spectrum hemp product is and what is amazing for our pets. 
And you combine that with some medicinal mushrooms, depending on what your pet is suffering from. For instance, if it's um, if they're old and they need some brain support, lion's mane mushroom literally um, regrows your telomeres. It is a regenerative uh, for your brain instead of degenerative. It literally protects. Well, why are we the brain. just giving this to dogs? We humans definitely need brain oh, support. Oh, we do. We take it. We oh, take, you do. You'll see. There's a big movement on the human side. Um, if you're on social media, I mean, I am constantly getting ads for. But this, and now people are using the words adaptogens. I'm like, oh my gosh! So on your the word, side, you're, you're, Angie, yeah, you're this starting, is well, that is what they're supposed this to This is called, amazing. We can, about it. we can only scratch the surface of everything you do on your natural dog, and I'm just um, astonished by how much you know and how much it flies in the face of kind of common information that's out there even from CBD pet companies, you know, they also promote the idea of where danger lies or doesn't lie. We've run almost completely out of time. All I can say is that I really admire how much you've learned and trained yourself. University of Vermont is a pretty serious uh, institution of learning. And if they're giving a degree in adaptogens and and similar uh, naturalistic products, I think that's great. And wouldn't it be great if it got more into the mainstream? In the meantime, if people want to learn more, you have a podcast that's excellent and you have a website full of blogs and information and Dr. Ruth Roberts' really cool uh, crockpot cookbook. I, I do recommend that anybody with the least bit of interest in any of these topics, and I'm going to go dig, dive and dig in more to what you've got up there would do well to spend time there. You've done a great job. You're obviously a woman of energy and passion and a unique vision, and I salute you for that. And I look forward to trying some of these products from, I guess, myself. You have human ones, too. I would love to. I would love to send send you some to try. Oh, well, my brain needs all the help it can get. I think we all feel that (laughs) way. And crossword puzzles just don't cut it, Angie. Angela Ardolino, your natural dog, you do a great job at what you're doing. Thank you so much for being here. You bet. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. There are a few more special companies that make this show possible. I hope you will support all of these companies because they stand behind my mission, which is to bring you delightfully informative Pet Talk Radio. Earth Animal, which is privately owned by Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein, creates holistic pet wellness products with an emphasis on their stewardship of the Pet Sustainability Coalition. They make many non-chemical products for the inside and outside of your pets, as well as innovative foods like no-hide chews and the hybrid dry food wisdom, which sometimes is all that my Weimaraner Maisie will eat. I'm very grateful also to Evermore Pet Food, privately owned by two extraordinary women, Allison and Hannah, who cook dog food from the most pristine human edible ingredients and ship it to your door in frozen pouches. It's higher quality and more ethically sourced than my own food. Thanks again for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this one guest version of Dog Talk and Kitties 2, and we'll listen to other episodes sometime soon.